Hello and welcome to How About Them Huskers. My name is Will Nota Francesco, and I'm joined, as always, by my grandpa Husker Dan from the beautiful city of Omaha. After two weeks, it is now summer. Grandpa, how are you doing? <laughs> Has it been two weeks? I've been sitting by so. this microphone for two weeks waiting for my grandson. <laughs> Wow. Oh, I'm sorry. I was in South Carolina. <laughs> yeah, I know. You were having a good time. Meanwhile, cobwebs were, you know, being strewn over my head. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, you had a great time there. You were sick a little bit uh, during yeah. the, uh, the trip. Yeah, but it was still was a it was still was a fun time. But yeah. And yeah. then your sister got stung by a stingray. <laughs> yeah. It has to be a country and western song. My sister got <laughs> stung by a stingray. <laughs> oh Lord. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's I miss you, uh, and I think I think all of our many many fans throughout the world also missed us. Yeah, well, we definitely missed recording this. We missed a lot of stuff too, starting with yeah. um, something that uh, was exciting that we had talked about before the uh, Nebraska um, softball team winning the Big Ten championship, getting into regionals. They won their first game against North Texas, and then they proceeded to lose to Oklahoma State, which. I thought was going to happen. And then they lost to Texas, North Texas, uh, 3-0. Yeah, the same North Texas team. Me. One day later, yeah, that did surprise me. I thought that Nebraska was going – it was going to be Nebraska-Oklahoma for the winner of that regional. And I was hoping that in that final game that Nebraska would get lucky. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't work out that way. Oklahoma State still won the regional. Um, and the Women's College World Series just started today. Uh, the, and the uh, men's college world series starts in a few weeks in Omaha. I'll be there for that. So maybe we can talk about that a little bit uh, in, in a few weeks, but um, yeah, just kind of disappointing for the softball team. That was really good. You got a golden glove winner uh, in, Oh, what was her name? I forget. Uh, she just won the golden glove because they announced awards for uh, uh, Courtney Wallace, uh, the senior pitcher for Nebraska got the uh, golden yeah. glove. Yep. award so that's kind of a big thing because pitchers don't usually get the golden glove award um from what i understood it's just i think that's all best infielders i think and i guess pitchers are included in that so uh, I, I i didn't really look into that that much but um yeah this team was really good and it just was kind of a disappointing way to go out but still big 10 champs they'll be back next year um, I don't think a huge chunk of this team is seniors. I could be wrong about that. Again, I haven't done much research about the softball team. I've just been watching the past few weeks. Um, but yeah, anything you want to say about uh, them, Grandpa? No, it's just, uh, I think the big disappointment, and I don't think we need to dwell on this, but the Huskers didn't qualify for the big uh, baseball team. This that Yeah, is. yes. Did yeah. not uh, qualify for the Big Ten tournament. And it's played right here in Omaha. They have to drive up. 50 miles from Lincoln to play in front of a, what would have been a packed house every time they played. And we didn't even qualify for that. I think that was, that's one of the biggest disappointments. I know they had a lot of yeah. issues uh, in pitching and, and that, but it's I still, I, I was, I still am somewhat shocked by that. Yeah. I mean, I knew the, how the season was unfolding and that wasn't a shock that they didn't make it, but it's just unfortunate. Very, very sad. Yeah. And I mean, being the defending big 10 champs from last year, mm-hmm. you, I mean, I don't think they really lost too much. They did lose some obviously, but I don't think they lost enough to disqualify them from the entire big 10 tournament. I think that that was just the team playing bad. Mm-hmm. Um, they got their legs under them at the wrong time. Yeah. They, they finally picked it up toward the end of the season, but that by, by then it didn't really matter. So yeah, yeah but, uh, they'll, uh, be, they'll be back next year. 
Yeah. And then we have one sad bit of news here. Well, we must share with yeah. listeners. No yes. more balloons at Memorial Stadium. Due to a, a helium shortage. Yeah. Um, so, that's what which, they say. I don't know. Yeah. So well, I watched the, there was a, Trev Alberts was on the like sports nightly show right. uh, on the Nebraska athletics app. And he said that the, that they only get a certain amount of helium and it's being rationed now because of inflation. So it's harder to buy more inflation. Do you get it? Do you get it? <laughs> he didn't make that joke. Cause he was pretty serious, but that's <laughs> like, <a> good one. <laughs> um, but basically the reason was they only get a certain amount of a helium now. So they're rationing helium now. I don't know what that's about. Um, but they only get a certain amount and they have to use it for their medical stuff, which I get you, the college is more important than the sports teams for the college. Um, not in my opinion. I think that the Nebraska football team is more important than the college of Nebraska, <laughs> but I'm not a college kid. So uh, no, I totally get why they have to ration the helium, but it's, it, it kind of stinks. Um, I wonder if the, I wonder if they'll do the same thing they did for COVID when there weren't fans. They'll use cardboard cutouts of balloons to throw up in the air or whatever. <laughs> There's a story I'll have to tell you sometime about uh, that same thing. Yeah, I, so you've been to Husker football games, and I've been going there for years. Do you think this is a net loss? I mean, is, that, is this a big loss for Husker fans, or is this it's another bit of tradition that we have to give up? Yeah, I would say so. The one Husker home game I went to uh, was against Iowa and we got shellacked. It was like three years ago. It was 56 to 14. So it was not a lot of fun. Um, the I think we had like club seats or something like that. I, yeah. I forget yeah. how it worked. I think that was it. So I didn't even get a balloon, which I didn't realize until after the game when I watched when I was watching highlights and stuff of it. I don't know. Actually, not that's not true. Maybe it was like later. So I forget why. Um, I saw the balloons during that game and I was like, oh, right. I didn't get one of those. And it's because the club seats don't have them. But I do think that the it, I think it's a net loss for Nebraska fans. I get I totally get why they're doing. I get they yeah. can't do anything else about it. It's just a big disappointment. I think that Nebraska is one of the few schools that has a big tradition in football. They're they're I guess, well, out of one hundred and whatever, 30 something uh, FBS teams, then the amount of tradition in most schools is pretty low considering most of the schools uh, are not huge football schools. Like the entire group of five, really, you don't get a lot of crazy pageantry and stuff like that. Most of the SEC schools, you get something like that. The Most of the top Big Ten schools in Nebraska, you get that. Um, but I feel, and then maybe Oklahoma and Texas. Um, you get that and maybe Oklahoma state, but uh, I think that losing that is a big disappointment for Nebraska fans. It won't seem like a lot right now, but once during the season, Nebraska scores a touchdown and you don't see uh, that red mass come up or that stray balloon you see in the corner of the screen every time, because someone waited three minutes to let it go for some reason, um, you, you don't get that. And that's just something that I'll miss, but I get it. I get it. Let, let me, I'm trying to understand. And I, you know, I understand helium and okay. We all have to make sacrifices, but if you fill a balloon with just air and you tie it to a string and you let go of that balloon. What's the balloon isn't going to just fall down. It does, it does just fall. I think um, at least from what I've seen, that's why 
if you want balloons to play with, you use your lungs to fill them up versus filling them up with helium. I don't think they float away. Yeah, maybe not. So maybe uh, so maybe uh, they, I don't know. But. Yeah, yeah. I, it's, yeah. I, I think you're right. We won't know it until we get into the, the first home game. And, and you know, it's, yeah. it's, it is a bit of a tradition. And, uh, yeah, it, I don't know of any other school that does that. Uh, and maybe no. maybe, we'll, maybe the fans aren't – that's not going to be a big deal. I don't even know where it came from. I just accepted it as a part of Nebraska and they're taking it away and I'm sad. And I don't even know know why it's a thing. I know. Yeah. That just shows how integral this uh, Nebraska's football culture, but um, yeah, moving, moving on from that, it's a big recruiting weekend um, for, for the Huskers. Uh, We got three, five stars coming in. Is that correct? I'm, I'm, I think, I think Maverick is, I think they, I think they might all be five stars. I'm not, I'm not sure on that. So we got Maverick, uh, Noonan, uh, who's a defensive lineman from Elkhorn South. Uh, Malachi Coleman, uh, listed as an athlete, which basically means wide receiver running back, probably. That's what Wandell Robinson was when he recruited yeah. when we recruited him right. uh, from Lincoln East High. And uh, Brock Knudsen, uh, he offensive lineman from Scotts Bluff. Um, anything the the people should know about these three guys grandpa i talked with danny noonan maverick's dad just like last fall and i really had a nice conversation and i asked him <laughs> about maverick you know this is his son and he's being he's coveted he's uh he has offers from you know probably i don't know how many offers a ton of them but uh, i said well what how would you compare your son i said i understand it's kind of hard to be objectable or objective, I should say. Um, he said, he said his son reminded him of Jared Tomich and Grant Wistrom. And if you're if you're listed in that conversation, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. is uh, is a heck of a player. So they mm-hmm. really want this kid. They really, really want him. Um, and as far as Coleman goes. Uh, I don't know much about him other than he's being recruited. He has a bunch of offers from other schools like California, Southern California, um, Oklahoma, and of course, Michigan. So if you, if you lose somebody like that, you sure as heck don't want to have to play them every year. You don't want no. to have a conference. So no. uh, it, it, yeah. you, you look at the future of Husker football and yeah, we got all caught up in the, in the transfer portal and you just, go on a shelf and grab a defensive lineman who can rush the edge. And, and Maverick is an edge rusher. He is, when you talk about Tomich and, uh, and Winstrom, those guys uh, could make, uh, uh, you know, the lives of uh, opposing quarterbacks pretty miserable. And yeah, you got to think that uh, if those three guys or any one of them, but if, especially if you got all through, all three of them would be a great, great, catch for the Huskers yeah well and they're all Nebraska um like in-state talent so your hope I mean you hope that they've been growing up watching Nebraska football they get the tradition they're upset about the balloons um and that they want to come and play for Nebraska because getting all three of these guys would be absolutely amazing uh getting a five-star offensive lineman a five-star defensive lineman those are two of Nebraska, like Nebraska is pretty weak in the trenches right now, as we've talked about and getting those two guys would be huge. So. Yeah. 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 So we'll, uh, we'll see. Let's hopefully they can, 
I don't know if they're going to commit over the weekend. Probably not. They're probably going to. No, I can't imagine. uh, Yeah. I just hope it goes well. And uh, we're going to try to get Danny on our, on our uh, podcast sometime. He's a, he was a heck of a player, played for the Cowboys, Dallas Cowboys. Uh, he's uh, he's one of the finest D linemen Nebraska's ever had. Um, yeah. And then the other subject on our little upfront news here is uh, what do you think about, and I asked this of some of my Husker buddies, what they think about if, if the Big Ten uh, were to eliminate the two divisions, you know, East and West, uh, the Pac-12 has has already done that uh, beginning this year, but what do you think the net result? Or I mean, is that is that a plus? Is that a minus? What do you think? Well, uh, I, I've been seeing it a lot around. Like, I guess the the one Power Five conference. I guess there are two now because the ACC got rid of them. I believe. Um, I know they were talking about it. I'm not 100 percent sure if they got rid of them. Uh, I think they did. Um, but the big 12 and ACC are the two power five conferences that have done this. The, the only one we can really look at is the big 12 as of right now, because the ACC has yet to play a season with this. Uh, I think that's, I think it depends on the strength of your conference. Honestly, um, if you have divisions, there's going to be a stacked division, every single conference. I don't see a downside to just being like, okay, two best teams in the conference play each other for the conference championship game because the Big Ten is a business. Based, I mean, it's this all this is a business. Um, you, sometimes people forget that, and the conference championship game will make the most money if you have the two best teams in in the conference playing each other instead of a nine and four Wisconsin team playing an eleven and one Ohio State team whose Ohio State's one loss is to like a top 10 team, you're, Wisconsin's going to get slaughtered. So you, I think getting rid of divisions of the Big Ten in all conferences, uh, there's no downside. I don't, I don't see the downside for anyone, business people, players. Um, it does make it slightly harder to get into a conference championship game for teams that, like say, for example, the Big Ten West, that's kind of a weak division out of the two in the Big Ten. The Big Ten East is probably the second hardest division in all of college football behind the SEC West uh, with uh, Alabama and Auburn and, uh, and LSU and Texas A&M. But the, the, the Big Ten West just like the, I have, I'd have to run numbers on this and look at this uh, more clearly beforehand. But I bet out of the last – 20 Big Ten Conference Championships or however long they've been doing it. I don't think it's been 20 years. Um, the champion of the conference has probably 90% of the time been the winner of the East. So I don't – I think that – I think they've the all been winners from the East. I think oh, really? All, yeah. Really? <laughs> I don't think the West has won one. Yeah. Well, because I was going to say, I don't think uh, Wisconsin's ever won one, and they're the only two yeah. that's in there perennially. Uh, I know the Iowa's in there and had a chance when Michigan State beat them in 2015 or 2014 or something like that. Um, the, but I think getting rid of the divisions, you just get the two best teams. So now we can get an Ohio State-Michigan matchup two weeks after Michigan beat Ohio State, uh, which would be amazing to watch. I, would, I don't know any college football fan that wouldn't watch that. So I don't see a downside. Um, I do you do you agree with me, Grandpa? Yeah, the, the only downside, and you and you said it, was that it's going to be harder to get 
for a team like Nebraska, unless Nebraska just starts to pick up their game to get into a championship uh, game. You know, we've been in only one uh, in the Big Ten. That was again, and then we got throttled. We beat Wisconsin earlier in the season, and then met yeah, them. got absolutely we, murdered. They didn't have East and West. It wasn't aligned the way it was, but we. No. Uh, Penn State and, and Ohio State were not eligible. So uh Wisconsin they just absolutely destroyed us. It was it was embarrassing. Yeah, 70 to 31, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was bad. Yeah. The only bright spot, well, actually, there are two bright spots. You got Adrian Martinez. Sorry, not Adrian, Taylor yeah. Martinez's <laughs> 70-yard touchdown run where he oh. like outran seven guys. And then you also get Kenny Bell's block, which is my oh, favorite yeah. Husker play of all time, where he just destroys the guy for Wisconsin. That was absolutely amazing. Um, but yeah, we did get killed. Um, yeah. And then the, uh, what we wanted to talk about is the, uh, the receiver room, wide receivers and tight ends. Um, and I, I think, I think of probably of any position on the Huskers uh, this, this fall or this, uh, this off season with the transfer portal uh, improved their lot with getting, they signed really three, basic uh, transfers and, and the, the top of the list is Isaiah Garcia Castaneda. Yeah. Um, he brings with him 562 yards and four touchdowns, not, not alarming numbers, but, but uh, you know, you got to look at him as being probably the, if he's healthy, the, the starter. And then, um, and then you got Trey Palmer from transfer from, from LSU. Uh, yeah. You know, he has fewer yards and fewer catches, but, you know, still, uh, you know, I, I, he he comes very highly touted, as they say. So, and then you want to talk yeah. about Marcus Washington. He's the latest uh, addition to this receiving core. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, for all these guys, Isaiah Garcia Castaneda probably brings in the most experience. He had the most targets out of these three guys from the transfer portal. Uh, Trey Palmer, as you said, he's kind of like the high, most highly touted. Yeah. He brings in his NFT. I don't know if you saw that. He has some NFT that he created. Uh, I don't know what it's called, um, but I saw that when I was researching him, and I thought that was funny. Um, but the one thing that he has an advantage of that these other two don't from the transfer portal that Marcus Washington and, I, and uh, uh, Garcia Castaneda don't have is that they're not used to these Big Ten caliber defenses. And Trey Palmer is, he played in the SEC West, which is the hardest division in college football. So he might not, it might seem like he's inexperienced based yeah. on his numbers where you see, uh, yeah, where I, I just went off that's like true. the amount of yards yeah. versus his average. Um, and then kind of use some logic to determine how many catches he had. Um, he didn't have that many catches, but his catches are way more valuable than Isaiah Garcia Castaneda's because it's in the SEC West versus for New Mexico State, uh, which is a four and eight, three and nine team every year playing. Uh, they're independent. So they're like not even, they're having to cobble together the schedules of MAC teams, Mountain West teams. So you don't get the same caliber. And Big 12 defenses mm -hmm. are known to let up a lot of yards and points. So Marcus Washington only getting 277 yards uh, from Texas shows me that he got targeted not a lot and when he did get the ball in his hands it was a short in route or something like that because 
the for the amount of catches he has in the Big Twelve, you probably should get more yards than you actually ha- than he than he has. Uh, the one positive for him, I should say, <clears throat> is the uh, his connection with Casey Thompson, also coming from Texas, which that is going to be huge. I don't know if he's going to become his primary target just because of that. At the beginning of the year, I don't know if he'll if Casey will start right. leaning on him because they know right. each other. They've thrown together before. Um, I know that Trey Palmer's been in spring training. They'll all be there for fall fall camp. Um, and I, I think that those three guys, um, I, I think that Trey Palmer, Omar Manning, and Oliver Martin, along with Marcus Washington, are going to make up the core of this receiving. Uh, or I should say that, well, I don't want to say the core of this receiving core because that sounds weird, but I don't know how else to put it. So um, the, the those those four guys will make up uh, the the basis of this receiving core. And I think if those guys, Omar Manning and Oliver Martin are inexperienced, to say the least, um, after losing Xavier Betts and Samari Torre last year, or from last year, uh, those two, Omar Manning was kind of the third receiver for Nebraska last year, and Oliver Martin was the first sub receiver kind of. Uh, and so those two guys don't have too much experience. Omar has more than... Uh, Oliver does, but the inexperience that those two have, Marcus Washington, Trey Palmer, and Garcia Castaneda will make up for those, I believe. Uh, I think Trey Palmer will make up for a lot of that inexperience as well as Garcia Castaneda because of uh, Palmer because of the division he played in and then Garcia Castaneda, the amount of targets he got and the amount of minutes he had in-game. You met, you mentioned uh, Samari Toure and Xavier Betts. Uh, Betts supposedly retired. He's not transferring. He's not. He's just not going to play football any longer. I don't know if that's if he comes back to the team. I don't know. He certainly had the physical requirements. Um, he had speed. He was. Uh, he was a. I think a brilliant athlete. Um, but Samari Torre, uh, you know, we had him for only one year. He came out from Montana, but last year, and I don't. I can't believe that the coaches didn't put him in. Yeah. He got 898 yards uh, pass receiving last year. It's like put him in for another yep. another two yards and get him to a thousand. But he he left for the NFL. He's got a contract with uh, with the Packers, and uh, so you got to make up his numbers. So that's that's you know oh, that's close to nine thousand or nine hundred. Excuse me, I was thinking a thousand, but but. Uh, you know, uh, I think they're. I think they, the the coaches did well, and I think, I think, quite frankly, Mickey Joseph needs to be credited a lot for shoring up uh, at least getting those three guys to transfer. Um, so yeah. uh, I think the receiving core is going to be good. We actually gained, uh, I think, a plus over twelve hundred yeah. yards of of receiving yards. And and we came out with a plus ten yard or ten yards, ten touchdowns. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I think that gotta, Mickey Joseph being there is a huge, wide uh, one on huge attraction is, is for pretty, wide receivers. Pretty good. Like you see Trey Palmer come there after Mickey Joseph, um, and also a huge developer of players as well. Yeah, these all these receivers are going to be exponentially better by the end of the year than they will be at the beginning 
I, I believe because I believe in Mickey Joseph and uh, his his process and what he right. does. So, um, but the the one spot of weakness for Nebraska that I can see um, in the just the receiving yeah, core in too. general uh, is probably the tight ends, and that is Austin Allen leaving leaves a huge hole in a position that Nebraska needs to find someone to fill. It might take a few games. Maybe you use that North Dakota game, the Georgia Southern game to try to plug in different players there, see which uh, player fits the puzzle piece. Um, and I think, I think in my opinion, you start off with Travis Vokalek. I think he's going to have to step up. He didn't get too many targets last year because he wasn't starting. Obviously Austin Allen was um, starting for Nebraska and I think AJ Rollins played played pretty well in the spring game. Uh, I don't. I, I believe that's who I was thinking of. Um, I there's no numbers list on here because I didn't. There's no names on the back of the jerseys during the spring game, obviously. Um, but I think Travis Volkluck is going to have to step up for Nebraska. Though, uh, from what I've seen, the inexperience that Nebraska is going to be bringing in, and the <clears throat> or I guess the inexperience of the tight end core in general, uh, the way the tight ends are going to help Nebraska this year is be open for short yardage situations, be able to run uh, little out routes, in routes, hook routes, um, what, what, whatever we need to get five or six yards when it's too far to run and our receivers are going to be clamped down. You got to be able to do something with that. And then also don't make mistakes the one way that these tight ends are going to kill Nebraska's receiving core is if they make a bunch of mistakes. And if, if you stay away from making mistakes and you're open for those little button routes and you can make those in routes, lose a defender for half a yep. second to get six yards on an important third down. That's what you're going to have to do. That's what these tight ends are going to have to do. Austin Allen was a big play guy uh, somewhat. And for, for a tight end, I guess I should say he was a big play guy and the, tight ends this year are going to have to not not focus we're not going to have a tight end that can get us a 25 yard pass play when we need it that's going to have to be the receivers i believe in the receiving class um and i think that they'll be able to pick up that part of it the tight ends just got to pick up the other part of the short yarded situation and if i think that i think if you get those two i think nebraska has um a really 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 solid receiving core Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Uh, the, the, the only caveat to this, or the only uh, downside of this, uh, I, I see it, it that the chancellor is the Brewington. He's a, he's really, he has a, he's a tight end wide receiver. You know, I mean, he's six, three, the buck 85, but he played tight end last year. And I think they're, they're counting on him to be in that, in that uh, tight end uh, rotation, but uh, but he's been yeah. injured in the spring. So is Travis Vokalek, and so is Chris Hickman. And then not 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 Chris Hickman, but Thomas Fedoni. And we haven't even talked about him. Fedoni at 6'6", 235, is, uh, he's an amazing athlete, but he just has been um, – he's been prone to injury, and he's not, he's not played a game. Obviously, he was injured last year. He got injured in the spring game last year, and then he got injured in spring – camp this year and so we've not seen him and it's yeah you know, he's he has all the uh 
all the credentials that, that you'd want. Um, they didn't get anybody in the transfer portal, which then you got to look at Sean Becton, tight ends coach. He must have been, you know, yeah. likes what he sees and he thinks that these he's his key mm-hmm. players yeah. are going to be you know healthy come August 27th. So maybe he probably knows a lot more than what you and I know. And but I, I think I think there's a talent there. Um the uh yeah. The kid, uh, A.J. Rollins out of uh, Omaha Creighton Prep, he made, I think, the, the catch of the game, maybe the best offensive yeah. play. Uh, Chubba Purdy lofted a perfect strike to yeah. him, and uh, A.J. went up and, and got it, where the only person in the in the area code could have caught yeah, that me was too. A.J. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, he he's six, six, to play two, that three, way, so he's gonna basically – keep I him mean, off Thomas, the field. Uh, I was really impressed six, with six, him. 235, so – I mean, he's basically, I think he's better than Fidon. Again, I haven't seen Fidon play because he redshirted last year. Um, and I usually don't yeah. watch garbage time of Nebraska. I will this year, but um, the, I, this, this tight end court got to get healthy and then has to not make mistakes. And I think that's how they help Nebraska to a winning record this season and hopefully a bowl win. Yeah, and it, it, they got Nate uh, uh, Borkirker, if I'm pronouncing his name, mm-hmm. Borkirker, 64220. He's from Aurora, Nebraska. And that would be cool to develop another in state uh, great tight end. Uh, but, you know, they're, they're, and they got Jeez. two freshmen in there, Chase Androff, yeah. 66230. And then Brody uh-huh. Tekaloa, 64260. You got, I mean, 260. And, and if he is, he can develop, it's like, Whoa, whoa. They, they just have to find a way to make Austin Allen had over 600 yards receiving last year. And how many touchdowns? Yeah, two touchdowns. Yes. Yeah. Well, a better um, passing quarterback and not I having think to run, run for his life every single offensive play. line. And maybe yeah, I don't think that's like Adrian's uh, fault. I think that's mostly the offensive line's fault. But yeah, yeah. Or, uh, right, right. Right. So I would, I would mm-hmm. give, you know, if we're going to grade, we haven't talked about this, but I, I think just on paper, and yeah. that's all we mm-hmm. have to go on at this point, I, I would say Nebraska going into, if everybody is, is healthy, I mean, that's, that's the whole key to this. Yeah, I would no, agree. No. I'm the, I'm I would the least, say that I'm the, the least worried about the wide, the wide receivers, receivers are probably maybe a B plus something like that. And, and, uh, and tight ends, yeah, 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 and I, I you know, I'm, I yeah, say I agree. Yeah, tight ends um, again. Yeah, I think that everybody's this, healthy. Then I the, think the pass catchers from Nebraska are not going to have, but we just don't a know problem getting open and having someone that can get the ball to them. The thing that's going to come into play is going to be: Does Casey have enough time to get the ball to them? And uh, I think are we going to talk about offensive line next week? Cool, and I think. Right. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We can do that next week. Yeah, uh, I think former, we have former Nebraska Pensick, uh, I talked with him a couple of days ago. He's excited to be on our podcast and talk about the offensive line. Um, yeah. 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 He was. Oh, yeah. He was we'll get his the, take on that too. famous uh, Hail, <laughs> uh, Hail Mary pass that, uh, uh, that Jordan Westerkamp caught. He was. He was on the offensive line. Yeah. 
So, uh, uh, but we coming up, we have uh, Eric Crouch is going to join us this summer. We just don't know when because of his schedule. Uh, Cole yeah. Pensick, we just mentioned Terry Keneally. I just talked with him today. He's going to come on and uh, we're going to have an astronaut on Clayton Anderson, uh, probably this fall. He said that was, that mm-hmm. worked out well for yeah. him. Um, and we're still trying to connect with uh, Dan Whitney and, uh, and then, of course, Tom Osborne. Um, I wanted to have Tom on to talk about what. Because yeah. uh, he, he, he was the last one to do it in Nebraska, to, the, the issues that a team has in to Japan. face when you play an overseas game. Uh, and I. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they played uh, Kansas State. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm it's going to be really exciting. So get him uh, thank you guys schedule. so much for listening I'm, to I'm this sure episode. And uh, stay subscribed because so we, we got a lot of stuff coming through the pipeline. Um, I'm going to be at Grandpa's in two weeks, and we're going to figure out how to get this camera thing figured out. Before then, I'll figure out how to stream on YouTube Live. So I will let you know when we are doing that. Maybe I'll probably have figured it out by next week. I don't know. I'll figure something out by next week, and I will let you guys know the episode before when we're going to be on YouTube. Don't worry. We will still post the audio on Apple podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you're listening right now. Um, So you're not going to miss out on the podcast if you're not able to make whatever time we decide to do the YouTube uh, live, but we would just love to get interaction from you guys um, during the show because we, uh, we can post some questions that grandpa and I might know, might not know too much about, or our opinions are, sort of conflicting or something like that. And we'd love to get your guys's voice in here and hear what you guys have to say, because we're not experts about Nebraska football. We're just two fans. Um, and, Oh, I did want to say one thing. I do think that, so uh, going, we, we, we flew to South Carolina this past week. That's what I've, that's where there weren't episodes for the last two weeks. Thank you guys for downloading during that time too. That was impressive. I checked our download numbers after that at, our last two episodes had gone, had gone up by like 50 downloads. And I was like, whoa, we didn't even post anything. People are still listening. So that's awesome. Um, but anyway, back to the story. So uh, we flew into Savannah and then we had to drive to Hilton Head. So I was walking out of the Savannah airport and I passed a, uh, looked like a 18 year old kid uh, with Nebraska receiving gloves, uh, a Nebraska jacket on and a Nebraska backpack waiting for a departure from the Savannah airport. And I believe I did not talk to him because uh, I was running to catch up with my family, but I believe it was, um, <clears throat> hold on. Uh, I believe it was Denarian Bonner because uh, so I, I saw him in the air. I, I think, so I saw him in the airport and then on the Nebraska athletics app on their Twitter page or whatever they post, I think it was Twitter um, or maybe it's Instagram, whatever they put on their app of their social media stuff. It had, like it was like oh four new recruits this was maybe three days later and it was like oh four new four recruits visit nebraska today and one of them was denarian botter and i was like hey i think i saw him in the airport so it's a mystery we'll never know but i think i saw a nebraska receiver in the airport and i wish i would have stopped him and said go big red or something so uh next next time i see someone with nebraska stuff i'm gonna say go big red so uh yeah and <laughs> yes yes uh thank you for reminding me yeah so uh as always if you uh, have you want you want to tell them how they can guest, uh, leave a message because cole pensick's gonna yeah, be on you, next week yeah, yeah. Uh, to talk about the offensive line uh if you have questions for him for us 
um, for, I don't know who else. Uh, yeah, I can't think of anyone else that you would email this to questions for, but questions for him, questions for us, questions that you want us to ask him. Uh, email those into wrswpodcast at gmail.com as always. And uh, yeah, I can't think of anything else besides tell your friends, tell your enemies to listen, tell people that you meet randomly on the street, um, tell Nebraska players, people wearing Nebraska gear in airports to listen if you think that they might be uh, Nebraska players because they might be. And make sure to say Go Big Red just like I'm going to do to you right now. And we will talk to you next week. Go Big Red.